the Radio Randomly podcast. Hosted by Gondi, chatting randomly to radio people about radio. Let's kick this thing off. Let's do it. <laughs> Javen. Javen Ryan on the podcast, finally. Oh, it felt like primary school all over again, getting pick last for gym class. No, you were never last, mate. We've been meaning to do this for a while oh. and we live a couple of streets from each other. We live in the same suburb mm. and we're yet to record this podcast. Yep, you've done so, about 25 and I live within <laughs> four minutes walk. Well, so thanks. I've been waiting for you to do something yep. in radio <laughs> and it just turned out well, you, it took you to leave yeah. for us to do the podcast. That's pretty much how it went. Yeah, well, like, well what can we do? What can we do? Because it is, I guess, things to do with radio at the time. So I was sort of just sort of like doing my thing. I guess, but then something massive did happen and here I am. Yes. Yeah, so when you left, I thought, well, let's, let's chat about that. <laughs> what, what is it like not working in radio anymore? Yeah, Cause you're, you're a flat out radio guy and now you're, yeah. you're not doing it. It does it. feel weird yeah. and it probably didn't drop until he just said it right then. I sort of like felt really? a little bit sick. Yeah, no, I just, I don't know, maybe because we've got mics and headphones and we're doing like radio again, which for, I guess now, what are we up to? Eight weeks for me, pretty much zero. Don't even listen to it. Not at all. Not, Don't not even really. listen. Maybe just a couple as I'm cruising, but as a, I'm now a, a listener, a passive listener, and where it's surely, like on two in the car and you're sort of just cruising and doing your thing. Surely you not turn into attention. the Gaudi Nash show, oh, of course, given I, that you live yeah, here absolutely. on the central coast. Well, so. I get stalked by your bus every two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I chucked that up on my Instagram the other day because where I sit in my office or if I'm in the, even in the office, I kind of like the bus just does laps and laps. So your head, I see it. Too much. No, the marketing's been great this year. Yeah. Been really yeah. happy with it. There's your dog because we're yeah. at your house, so yeah, we, we should are. set that up. So yeah, uh, is this the first one on the road? Uh, is it the first one on the road? I think it might be. So you've done the studio in your house. And yeah, welcome. Well, I thought you know because we live literally when yeah. I say two streets yeah, from each other, we are that close. So I thought you know, a bit of a change of scenery, and it's great. This is awesome. Um, but you work in real estate. For anyone that doesn't know, so mm. you've moved into real estate. Weirdly paralleled to what we do. Really? I cannot understand since I've been doing it on how close things are. We'll be in meetings and I'll be like, we really want to do this, this and this. And it's almost like uh, a, a meeting for a breakfast show or whatever. And I say that because when you meet people in real estate and you're a potential seller, hopefully, or even a buyer, you're looking for motivation. You're trying to find why they want to sell, what are they going to do? And that'll help you whether or not they're just tire kicking for the next 12 months or they're looking to make a sale pretty damn soon. You want to find the soons, but you can also just nurture the ones that are going to come down the track. So that's sort of how it works. But with that, you're trying to like find motivation. You're trying to find people, what they do, where they are, what they want to be. And it's sort of a similar sort of thing to radio as well. And it's communication. So I guess essentially it's sort of the same thing. Like I just weirdly see the parallels day in and day out. And I'm like, do you think, um, obviously you see the parallels Mm -hmm. because you've done both, but do you feel like given that you are a radio guy, you're trying to find those parallels? Yeah. Because that's my safety net and that's what I know. And I'm not a real estate expert yet and hopefully will be one day. But till then, I can only stick to what I know and that's what I've done for the last 10 years in broadcast. But I see that as you're kind of like meeting people, you're talking to people. You're almost, when you go to a listing presentation, that's to get the house to hopefully sell it, you're almost being interviewed yourself by the uh, the owner and you're also kind of interviewing them to try and dig and investigate to find out how quick these people want to work. Cause there are people that will want to know the value of their home, but it is two years away. They just want to sort of, you get your round and yeah, what's it worth? They've been chatting the night before. So those people, obviously we need those for later on, but right now 
they're not going to sell. So, so you yeah. use your radio skills in that. Mm-hmm, in absolutely. That because you're mm. kind of interviewing, you're digging, you're almost a detective in a way, but mm. there's like kind of, you kind of got to dig and just keep asking the right questions. And they're like, you know, our open-ended questions. So you kind of got to like get them to talk. Some people are obviously beyond that. And they'll yeah. just, no, yes, huh, what? And then they're a little bit harder, but for the rest of us, like it's kind of, you just have a communication, you build rapport. That's a big thing. Cause trust, that's what we're all about. It's not like the old slimy real estate agent is definitely someone I don't want to be and nor does our company. So yeah. it's sort of like, it's sort of the, you just need people to believe in you and trust you and realize that you're there to help them not to fleece their biggest asset, which is obviously what some do. Do you miss the vibe of a radio station? So I imagine I've been yeah. into your real estate because it's mm. I've dropped keys off there before for someone who had a rental through them. Yeah. I've been in there. It's a, it's a very small office. It is. Yeah. When well, you compare it to a radio station, <laughs> yeah. you know, two floors, you're working <laughs> yeah. at Today FM, yeah. Triple M, you know what mm. the vibe's like at a station. Then all of a sudden you're sitting in this sort of tiny well, little real estate with my bus going by you every <laughs> single day. What What's the... Uh, what's the comparison for you? The comparisons are like a bizarre. Cause I remember when I first sat there, like there's, you know, when you kind of want to do something and you want to make a change in your life and then it happens and you do it and you're like, Oh God, this is it. This is real. So like I'll kind of like for the first few times, like just rock, rocking up in the office, I mean like a small office of maybe like four people pretty much most of the time, if they're all even in the office, they might be out like doing stuff with, homes and sellers and buyers or whatever. So, and then you kind of just tucked away in this little office and it's like, oh yeah, yeah this is my <laughs> life now. Welcome. <laughs> Obviously it's a little different because you're getting out and you're, like I said, there are other tasks to do. You don't, you're not stuck at your office. It's not an office job, which is like the great thing. And that's sort of what attracted me to it as well. The best real estate agents are going to be out of the office. They're the ones that that are doing the great. The more you can see people, the more money you're going to make. So, so you spend less time in the office and try and get out there. Well, now, because I'm in kind of the interim mode, I'm very honest. Right. But when it progresses, then you be out there a lot more. So when you've got more buyers, you've got more sellers, you've got more like potential listings, you've got all this other stuff to do. You want to get out there, you want a door knock, you want a pamphlet drop. So that's obviously you can't do any of that from your desk. So yep. that's what a good real estate agent does. And they're out there doing that day, day in and day out. So in the interim, until I get these people, you got to be on the phones, you're pumping phones, you're calling. I'm using those calls too. Like essentially for argument's sakes, for those that do workday radio, you may be aware that you'll talk to someone for like five minutes just off the air and try and snaz that one little bit. Yeah. Well, my skills from that are now in this where I'm now going, I'm just chatting, building rapport, getting them to trust me, having fun, using that kind of that radio skill of trying to find that, bit of gold that they'll say, but while you're doing that and while you're trying to get that out of them, you're also kind of like building a relationship. Isn't it weird that the tables have turned though? Because when you're sitting in the studio, people are calling you for prizes. They want to impress you. You know, you can basically with a caller that calls in during the Mm. day, if they want to win something, you can get them to say almost Mm. anything and you can play that on the air basically. But when you're doing real estate now, the tables have turned where they're like, how are you going to impress me? Yeah. That's what you must be a massive change. And you're also calling people who at the moment when you're calling them might not want to sell their house, but yet I'm calling them to say, you know what? There's a good opportunity for you here. Would you like to look at it? 
What point in your radio career did you consider real estate? Because I know you did say this isn't mm. the first time this has come along and a little while ago you thought yeah. about leaving radio. And I do want to – I don't want people to think this is a real estate podcast no. because we will get into the radio stuff. But yeah. uh, at what point did you consider making a career move into what you're doing now? Well, it has always sort of been on the cards as far as – in my psyche some way or another. So what happened was like even long before I did a long time, I think I even went for a job in like the main street of where we live, like when I was like 17, like didn't get it. And it would have just been the most ultimate basic person in the office. Didn't get it. That's fine. Moved on, did other stuff for however long, long time. But there was always that kind of 5% maybe just floating around. Now, after Melbourne, when I finished up with Nova, I obviously wasn't working in the industry for a pretty short time, but in that time I was like, what am I going to do? I applied for a couple of real estate positions down there, but because you don't know anyone, you don't know the area for those that don't know where I'm on the central coast here of New South Wales. So like I'm 10 hours drive away from home where I've got school friends. I'm known in the local area. I've kind of, I've got history. I know the streets, how important it is to kind of know where you are. That's probably another thing where radio drives a parallel is being local like they always push that and push that in radio. But here, like there's people moving from out of town and you can tell them the dodgy parts, the good parts, the where's the schools, where's this. Oh, and even those people that think you might be coming into their home and it's like, oh, well, oh, do you remember this back in the day? And they're yeah. like, oh, you really are a local. And they trust you and that's what it's all about. So there are there is another parallel for you there of be, how to be a local like person when you own, speak. Own yeah. the market. Yeah. And I guess when you're from here, it's, it's very it's so easy. easy. But when do. I looked at those positions in Melbourne, they didn't even call me back. And I'm so glad they didn't yeah. because it could have been a very different picture. I would never have even moved back to Sydney, to be honest. But I, um, but yeah, so they, I did look at it, never got a, a call from them. But um, then when I came up here, it's sort of kind of progressed, I guess. Was that part of the reason behind the move though, that you were sick of with radio? You got to do a lot of moving around Melbourne, uh, <sighs> Sydney. Uh, you you spent time in Darwin yeah, and then you Geelong, finally sort of Geelong as Adelaide. well. And then you finally made your way back here and you were yeah. living back home. And I know you were commuting to mm. Sydney to, to work at Today FM. Yeah. So pretty much what happened there was I've moved so much like you just mentioned, but when I got back to Sydney, I was like, oh, I just want to, Especially for those that don't know, when I can't left Melbourne, I left there because I lost my job pretty yep. much. So when they put in the network kind of work days with Greg Burns at Nova, they sort of like back-ended all the announcers and that's where I was sort of shown the door there. How did that, before you go on, how did that play out for you? So did you see that coming or was no. that you were just sort of working you I thought you were thought, doing well? I actually thought I was a safe as house. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. But like it, I did. But what is sort of – Bad is I was so kind of like happy. You were loving Melbourne, right? Melbourne, but the Nova brand. Yeah, you love like Nova. I was like like Fitzy and Blackers and the rest of them. Like they just like love the company as well. Yeah, like even all of them. There's lots of people that work there behind the scenes that you wouldn't know or hear about, but all the promotions people and like everywhere. Like they really like working for the company, and I was one of those. And I would have stayed there for fifty years had there been a position. And then this sort of came left field and I sort of sometimes think, I think, you know what, they might say it was a business decision, but if you can get people that feel about that for your business, mm. you kind of want them working for you. And I feel it was a bad business decision. Do you to think let they- someone that passionately loved their brand and passionately represented it and wasn't out looking for other opportunities left, right and centre to further my career, I was growing it within there. So therefore it sort of 
it sort of was a bit of a reality check into the industry. And that was probably the first, like if it was a title fight, that was the first, like I was down for a standing eight. Yeah. That was the first one where I was like, pow. And I was like, okay, no, this can be all taken away pretty damn quickly. Cause you were filling in for blackers and everything at one point. Yeah, you were I fully ingrained some, there. Yeah, right? I was part of it. Yeah. I did like the national um, fresh 40 show. I was when smalls was off, I was doing his show with like the, rare occasion Tim Blackwell was done. I was doing Kate Timamati drive as him. And it was so funny because the bosses would be like, look, just keep it tight, bright, just jump in, throw it to the guys and then just step back when the break's done, jump in there and just sort of wrap it up and throw to the song and forward hook what's coming up. Then you walk in and Marty's like, mate, if you want to do anything, if you want to say anything, yeah. You just go for it. How good. And I'm like, all right, I've got Shigzy in one ear, go and go for it. I've got the suits going <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> me before going in yeah. and I just sort of followed his lead and you kind of get like, if you've got a zinger up your sleeve and you want to try and throw it, he may made you feel confident enough, him and Kate to kind of just have a go. That's good. Yeah. Cause that can be daunting going well, in there. I remember so. like, I was like, even to be the point where if you panel a show at the same time, you'll know in your early days when you push a button, it's like, pressing a bomb off like mm. you just like they, they mean so much when you push a button and then when you're used to it it's just like you can hit it with your nose while yeah. you're talking if you really wanted to but those that get, get you back when you get those big opportunities to uh, oh make sure it's right make sure yeah. i think i only sent it to sydney for the first 10 seconds and then a tech Shit. ran in because i was like don't forget to send it to the network yep cool no worries and i was so nervous oh. like it sydney takes off and like yeah. i think halfway through the opener it kicks into across the country and it so cooks it, you yeah. for the rest of the show it throws yeah. you a little bit but then like yeah, Marty being the professional he is and the great guy he is, he's just like, shake it off, like we're moving on, blah, blah, blah. Like it wasn't much of the show, it would have been 10, 8 seconds. But still you're like, damn it, I just want to do a good job. Yeah. Especially when you get those opportunities. But yeah, I guess um, that's sort of what happened after Melbourne. And then when you move around so much, I was like, oh, I'm just going to come back to Sydney when I got this job. This job at Two Day was just like a blessing. Like I was down and out sort of as far as the industry goes. I was looking at this stage, it didn't register in my brain to go, maybe – a producer is a good thing or maybe it was hell bent to be a presenter. There was blinkers on, there was no other avenue for me on air uh, in the industry other than being on a microphone. That was all I was going to do. So I did, like, when you think about it now, I'm like there's eight other jobs I could have easily walked into, but I didn't think like that. I was just like presenter, presenter, presenter. So there, I guess like, I guess the other thing was sort of like, yeah, like when I came back to Sydney, this came up and I applied spoke to the guys here and then got the gig and then I was up and then I thought, you know what, like once bitten, twice shy in the last one, I didn't want to kind of get in a lease. I didn't really, I was back and forth from Melbourne as well. I was still sort of doing the ground announcing for the storm for the rest of the season. This was mid-year, so that's when I was hosting the Melbourne Storm home games. I still had like eight of them to go. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to kind of float. So then I came back home to the Central Coast and then put my bags down the commute wasn't so bad. You get way more bang for your buck. Yeah. Like, like I've got a three bedroom house by the beach here for the price of a one bedroom studio in Darling. And it's probably less. Yeah. So what an hour away. Yeah. This is what people don't understand. No. Like a lot of people ask me by the central coast. I'm like, it's an hour from Sydney. And it's awesome. Have you seen the house I bought? I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not the worst place to be. <laughs> no, it could be heaps worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but you, I mean, you being from here, this is yeah, your, your born and raised. Friends, family, I've got all of that. So essentially what I did was I came back, I did get a rental for a little bit. The landlord was a jerk. So I was like, I'm just going to buy a place. Yeah. So we ended up doing that. And then I guess 
sort of just stayed. And I guess the uncertainty of radio and the always moving and not always moving for bad reason. Like it can be a promotion, yeah. but guess what? You're still moving. Yeah. Maybe we've got a great opportunity for you in Brisbane. All right, cool. Off you go. Oh, look, another great opportunity. Cause all of my moves, I think I've moved like eight or nine times now. And I'd say seven of them were for, for better. Yeah. Like, but you're still moving. That's you're why still- that's why I'm envious of guys like uh, Tim Blackwell who have mm. managed to find that thing and they've nailed it, and now they're living in Sydney for the next however many years they want. Really, they want, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they've they've actually managed to to nail that down. But it's a the moving thing gets me. The point I don't to climb. mind it, but I guess there was opportunities in other cities. Like the other thing is where I said the moving thing doesn't bother me. It was also the best thing I ever did. Let's mm. not forget that as well. I just mean at this time in my life, like I'm 37 now, like what do you want to go start again with new friends and that all the way, like I'm 40 or before you go, you know what I mean? So I guess I wanted, when I started at 25 to about 31, I was on the hop 32 moving pretty rapidly. Yeah. So you'd have, friends for a year. I'm moving to cities that I'd never ever met, like anyone in there or seen. Like I didn't see Darwin till I got there. Yeah. I've had a few moves like that too. Yeah. I, but I, I love that side of it. I, a lot of people say they get homesick and stuff. I was never one of those people. I loved that side of it. Yeah. I don't want to do it forever. No. That's the difference. Now when I'm 37, I guess sort of the whole idea of why I kind of pulled the pin when I did, maybe wasn't loving it. I was sort of just felt like I was probably just turning up a bit to work where, you know, when you're like, I remember I used to walk in and just see the signs and you're getting in the lift and just that wow was still there every day. Yeah. And then it just became, oh, here we go, another day. So it was because the the shine wore off? Because it was your decision to leave, Yeah, right? it was my decision, but it was sort of like, I just sort of felt like I was just sort of turning up. Like yeah. I wasn't hating it. There was nothing wrong. It was just me. Yeah. Like that's sort of what it felt like. And I just, the love of doing workday presenting was sort of rapidly deteriorating. Well, you me. also, because uh, I've lived here the last four years, so yeah. we've hung out a lot over that time. Yeah. Uh, and you had done a whole bunch of different jobs uh, while you were there. It wasn't just the workday stuff, right? So yeah. you uh, had gone into breakfast and you were anchoring that for a bit. Uh, there was yep. times where you were flown to Spain and this kind of thing. So it's, and, it's, yeah. it's so a roller yeah. coaster ride, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah, like you're saying, yeah, yeah, it wasn't just doing that, but it sort of felt like that's where it was going to end up and that's sort of what it was feeling like. Being was, pigeonholed was, into days. And that was all it was ever going to be. That's sort of kind of what I sort of felt like. And then when it just becomes like that, like, yes, it was great. I got those opportunities, New York, Spain, like even – other cities and as you said, breakfast and nights for Ash or whatever. Like mm. I just, I also didn't want to be the other guy forever. Yeah. So I sort of, that sort of took precedent when I was making a decision. Like I could have done work day forever. Like the position would have hopefully still been there, but like, was I happy doing that? I'd probably not. And the other option is when you don't want to do it anymore Maybe that's, let's say it's five years. I'm 37. That's 40 something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I uh, didn't want to be taking that back step into a different pay grade now. So what yeah. do you mean a back step into a different pay grade? Well, I mean, like if I, well, absolutely. If I'm on, if I'm in Sydney doing workday radio or yeah. doing radio in Sydney and then I wanted to make a move into a different industry. Right. The money ain't the same. Oh, so you're saying the move that you made, you had to take a step back pay grade wise to do Probably what you're doing a now. third, yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. Probably about so, so you're so what you're saying is do it now so that in five years' time you work your way back up, up to, to if not more. Yeah. Yeah. So basically for me it was do I want to 
try and roll the dice on a new career when I've got kids and all that stuff. I've got nothing, so I'm fine. <laughs> I don't have to pay for swimming lessons or bloody whatever else. Like I'm, I'm sweet just to just just to roll with it. So yeah. now's a good time to make that kind of pivotal change in my life. I guess that was sort of the whole thing behind it. And I guess there was a bit of doing something that I wanted to do anyway. If I wasn't passionate about doing real estate, I wouldn't. Have, I was never just going to turn up and just go. You know what? I'm done here. Let's just go do something else. Yeah. And the roof of real estate is what I love about it too. Is that you're almost kind of your own boss. Like the more you do, the more you get out of it. It's like yeah. sales. You know what I mean? Like you're commission based. You sort of like you. The more you do, the calls that you don't make, you don't get the doors you don't knock on you. Like, so there's almost a bit of addiction to kind of like, you know, I can go home now or I can spend another hour because what if something happens and I get, cause it can be quite rewarding once yeah. it starts to roll. Do you, do you think you'll ever, are you saying you'll never do radio ever again? <sighs> You're saying that right now that that's it. It's real estate from here, no radio. I mean, obviously, if the perfect opportunity ever came up, you'd consider it. But, but in your mind, is. your mind, that it, it's done. You'll never go back. In my mind, it's done because I wouldn't have changed if I felt like there was anything left. However, <laughs> I'll always leave that door sh- like slightly cracked. Like mm. I'll never say never because who knows? I don't know if I miss it yet. My other thing was I wanted to leave do something else and then if I miss it, I'll know that I was supposed to be doing that. If I kind of stayed doing it, not only would it have affected my like work that I was putting out, yeah. like it would have affected two-day if I was like only running at half speed. Like that's a station that I can tell you right now does not need people running at half speed. They needed people that want to be there. So I guess I wasn't one of those. What is it like working at two-day in a time where it is struggling a bit? You'd be surprised on how great the morale is at a Well, I've place. been there. I've, I've been in there to record podcasts and That's stuff awesome. and it feels the same as it did oh. 10 years ago when it was flying. So, so it's just credit to those that implement that in the workplace. You could yeah. walk around those floors shooting from the hip if you really wanted to, but when the numbers aren't there and you're kind of making everyone feel bad as well, you're going to get a bad result. So they haven't done that and that's sort of what is, yeah, that's sort of what the mentality was around there was have fun like we're launching eggs across the office. We're like stitching each other up. We're yeah. like, and like doing, I don't even know. The parties were good. The the drinks were good. The surveys were like, might not have been that good, but I can tell you what, we had a hell party. Did you think it galvanized the group a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you needed that when you've got a station that sort of isn't where it should be. Workday was sort of fine to be fair. Like the numbers at times were beating or if not competitive with the other markets, but as a 10 plus station, it obviously wasn't there. So it was sort of like, yeah, there was, there was hope for everyone too. Like if you, if you, the underdog, like we all kind of enjoyed it. Like it wasn't, like everyone turned up going, oh, here we go again. Another survey book. Because you get the small wins, but we'll celebrate the small wins. We're mm. not going to like jump up two points. We weren't going to take out bloody number one or number two FM when, you, it must <laughs> when be, you're that far gone. It so. must be tough though. Mm. Uh, and like, I've been in there from time to time. And whenever I was in there, the vibe felt great. But mm. you, when you're there day to day, you're putting in the hard work, you want it to succeed. And you're sort of thinking, why isn't this getting to where we feel it? it deserves to be especially and when then, we believe it sounded good yeah and then the but then the results come out and it's not quite yeah. reflected i mean that must be for all the time and effort you put in yeah. and, and the want for it to be great it must 
must take the wind out of you a little bit when those results come out and you go, oh, shit. Yeah, like we put do. all the work we put in and it's yeah. – it, it budges, it moves. There's been times where it's, it's definitely gone in the right direction, but you know what I'm saying. Absolutely, especially yeah. when it goes in the right direction for two or three books and then takes a book like to yeah. wipe you back out. Mm. And it's like we're just – it's like, it's, come on, guys. Like, And the product wasn't bad. Like yeah. that's like – we were all proud of the product. We all thought it was great. We all thought it was sounding good. We all thought it was competitive. We all thought we had a point of difference in the market. But yet sometimes the numbers weren't reflecting where we thought and probably even though I'm out of it unbiasedly thinking realistically probably should have been. I'm not sure what that is. The radio results are out today, the survey results. Yeah, Did you have a look? I had a quick skin. So you still have a look. <laughs> you still get on radio today and you still have a look. Mate, radio's in the blood. It is in the blood. It's I in did the it blood. For Ten years and I love it. I don't yeah. hate it. I'll never resent it. I don't. It's, it's what I did. It's what I probably still do. I still have a passion for it, but I just couldn't do it forever. Which like, one? Which Which do you look at first when you flick on the results, the ratings? What, what are you going first to? I normally go to two day. So you check that first. I, yeah, check two day. What did you think of the results today? They didn't budge. They didn't budge much, which no. is probably good because if they went backwards again, workday had slight increases. I saw the afternoons went up 0.7. I think it was 0.3 mornings and breakfast 0.1. So small, the cum was slight. So it's something. They yep. weren't taking, shaving off 50K anywhere or anything like that. Yep. So the station has taken a battering. So hopefully it can just weather the storm and who knows. For credit to everybody that works there, they deserve – I know how hard they work. I know how much they care about it. So hopefully one day the numbers will come and – The whole company uh, cares about it. You know, yeah. everyone's behind oh, it. So Absolutely. You've seen the budgets for, yeah. <laughs> for the giveaways. Yeah. Gosh. I think it I think it'd be great for radio if it bounces back sometime it, soon as well. It's, it's yeah, you know. I don't know how to do that. But Otherwise any, I'd be in the big seat. Yeah. That's <laughs> but anyway, so you check two day first yeah, I and check then two day what first. Else? Then I'll maybe go to I love the check. I always keep an eye on Christy Sam and Brownie in Nova, Melbourne. I think that's an amazing show. Love it. Yep. Still to this day, how long have I been gone from Melbourne? A couple of years, two and a half. Still listen to that podcast every day. Yep. Not now because I haven't had time, but as I mentioned, the commute was an hour and 15 each way so I'd listen on the way home because I'd obviously hear today and I was across that but then I'd listen to probably Chrissy Sam and Brownie because it was the podcast sort of condensed to about 40 minutes sometimes they're a bit over, over but that moon man I thought he was great as well so I tried to see where the M's are going because they're doing quite well so I kind of go today I'll go Nova breakfast see if the Fox are still over a million cume, which they always usually are. Yep. And then sort of keep an eye on that. Check a bit Adelaide. More so where my friends work, you know yeah. what I mean? I'll just check their shifts, see what happens. Sort of, yeah, just sort of say, oh, they did all right, that all right. And someone did good, flick them a text. Someone didn't, just maybe give them a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> do you reckon that'll ever drop off or do you think you'll continuously – how did you ever know the ratings were out today? You just knew that or you because checked radio survey today? survey break was on. Right. Like if survey breaks off, that's the following Tuesday is going to be. And obviously you want to see where it sits after you've left. Oh, now did it go? <laughs> it went up 0.7. Oh, <laughs> oh no. The He's MC made the right move to, <laughs> to, to real estate. Yeah, him, yeah MC uh, has taken 0.7 up for me. So it's all yours, buddy. Take it. Enjoy. Have you thought about doing a... Real estate podcast. Well, I was going to do like a Jim's mowing franchise and do real estate randomly. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe you could start <laughs> branching out. Why not? 
Yeah, I'm happy with that. No, I we'll don't know what I'm network. talking about as much yet. I need to learn it. That's yeah, but thing. that's no, but that's the thing. You talk mm. to people and you learn along the way. That's yeah. you can you can just get but this set up and that then sounds fine. But then next minute I'm trying to sell someone's two million dollar home with yeah. a guy that doesn't really know what he's doing. But I do know. I have an understanding, and I've got a great team of people who support me and know it backwards. Yeah. So it's great. That's the good thing about it. I'm in very safe hands. Yeah. Um. But right about now, I'm just sort of and I've bought and sold before, so I know. I know it's good. I was sort of. Looked into it. The other hot tip I do have for presenters though, and this is something everyone should look at. If you are a presenter, go and get your auctioneer certificate. I've thought about that. I did not realise, A, how much cash they get, B, how easy it is, C, how little they have to do. And it's like, so let me tell you this. If you book a, if if your house is up for auction, you're looking at about 500 bucks roughly for you book your auctioneer. If the house sells pre-auction, boom, you still get your money because you booked part of the marketing plan. It's all going to happen. So you get your money that way. You also, regardless, can do three or four if you're a good one on a weekend or weekday, depending on what you can do. I'm telling you. Is it expensive to do? Because I have thought about it. Of course, not at all. We should team up. You should just, uh, <laughs> just get me for your auction, yeah, for your absolutely. houses. And, I'm not kidding. Or you do your own. <laughs> I'm going to do my own. You're going to do your own? Like, I'm not even joking yeah. because I probably wouldn't do my own ones because – of my, a, I'm not sure of the conflict of interest rules yet, but B, I'd be focusing on trying to get some big money for the vendor. So that wouldn't be for me, but I'd be doing them for other people. Have you done the course yet? Yeah. Oh. Do you know what? It's like 300 bucks and you can do it in a few days online and then next minute you, you're able to do it. There, so And then you can branch out to bigger things past there, so like full licensed real estate agent. So you need a certificate of registration to work. You need that certificate of registration to then apply for an auctioneer certificate, I'm pretty sure. Then when you got that, you can go out on your weekends. Imagine that, three. I'm talking three auctions a weekend if you're any good, 1500 bucks for a Saturday and you've worked for, what, three hours? This is great for people in small markets yeah, too absolutely. who aren't getting paid big money. Like I'm not even joking. You should – like. I honestly sometimes think after this, like since doing this business, I'm like, wish I did this earlier. I've even been telling people like, you know what you need to do? Get this. And so if you're hearing this, look into it Yeah. because you'd be surprised you're not doing anything else but rolling up under the instructions of the agent and the vendor. I think the pressure is tough though because you've got the person who wants to sell the house, you've got the real estate. You don't see them. But it's your it's your responsibility to get the highest price. Well, yes, but it's your your it's your responsibility to entertain the crowd and to bring that out of them. Yeah. So you're basically an MC. If you've ever had a you've emceed an event and you've got a tough room, that's all it is. Like you just gotta get that ball rolling and then you can create sort of like the hype, you can create intrigue you can create want you can create demand you can create urgency yep. you can get all of these things to make people want to like i guess the starting bid's always the hard one but then it's sort of like since then like some of them can roll the property's good enough it's selling itself you just got to keep track of what you're up to Mate, i'm gonna which get is, that i think gonna be my biggest thing what are we up to again? <laughs> <laughs> 877,243 Yes. Yeah, right. I'm going to get that link off you after this. I'm going to yeah, definitely have a sign look up at for it that. Because there is money in it. Yep. And you know what? You could be one of those guys out the front of Goldmarks telling the bracelets all day for about 100 bucks, or you could be doing houses. Up. Yeah, because the, the real estate will tell you what to do. They'll tell you where the reserve's set. You obviously will get better and better at it, so you will end up telling them what's going to happen. Yep. But in the interim. Mate, I'm doing yeah. it for sure. Have a look. You know the drummer from the Screaming Jets is an auctioneer. <laughs> we looked at him for a job the Did other you? day. Did you? Yeah. 
Yeah, I met him at yeah. the. I hosted the um, Ronald McDonald Charity Ball. Yeah, uh, and he was the auctioneer for the prizes, and he came over to the table. We sat down. And he, I got chatted to him, and he goes, "Yeah, I used to be the drummer for the Screaming Jets." It's an old radio. I was like what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you've gone from a rock band to an auctioneer, and he loves yeah. it. Yeah, Rod Amos is a radio guy. He yeah. auctioneer as well. So yeah. there are out there. And I guess if you can dance, that's the thing. Like not literally dance. I just mean be able to roll with the punches on the day. Cause you might get there and people are just silent. You need to be able to go, come on. Like, you know what I mean? You yeah. watch them. If you go watch the block, it's going to finale is going to be soon. Go watch the auctioneers on the sale night and think, could you do that? And I guarantee you probably can. Mate, I'm definitely can. Yeah, have a look at it. Look but it's been it. good, I guess. So I guess there's a change for me there and I, I've been enjoying it so far. I sort of, at times you're like, Oh, did I make the right move? Not, doubting yourself but you just sort of kind of like this is this is real life and it's good well but they're two separate lives aren't they i oh, mean man. when you look at what you're doing now when you think back to your time in melbourne dating socialites and uh <laughs> who was the one that you went out with for uh, a while no one. come on <laughs> you got to talk about it on the podcast what do you mean You've no <laughs> cut javen this is one what? of the great stories my mom listens to this that's all right this is one of the she would know no she does give know. me the name who was it she had a reality tv show i've, I've gone Blank. Come you on. really can't think. I, I'll cut this out if you really want me to. No, but you just, don't. <laughs> uh, we're all, we're, we're all, we're all friends on this I, podcast, reason, aren't we? For some reason, I've got Bridget something in my head. Close. Oh, something. Oh, it's going to kill me. Bryn. Bryn Edelston. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. You you went out with her for a while. <laughs> it, was, it was a short time. Yes. It, was, it was short. But Three to four months. Jeez, I've never seen you so squirmish. I'm hot. You're, you're normally up for talking about anything. I know. I <laughs> Talk you, about Bryn Edelston. There's not much to say there. Give me the story. Give the people the story. The story is not really a story. She's a lovely lady. Yes. Girl. We met when we were in Melbourne and then sort of started hanging out like most people do and then sort of, yeah, went from there and then it done its course like everything else. So Paparazzi involved? Yeah, at times. Because there was a bit of a saga on at that time. With... Warney and me. That's right. <laughs> See, this is why it's one of the great stories. You can't not tell it. There will, so I guess, what, what, was the, what was the go? Bryn, <gasps> you and- Shane Warne. Shane Warne. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, you don't get this in real estate, mate. You don't get this. No, you don't get this no, in real estate. Thank God. <laughs> Come on. I'm more worried about a potential vendor Googling me. No, you're going to no, be fine. fine. They'll love it. They'll love no. it. No, I guess, I don't know. That sort of happened. At one point I met her when we were out because when you're in Melbourne, you go to a lot of events and I was, I loved it. I was single, living in Melbourne, had a good job, cruising around, doing whatever I want, had good friends, loved the people at events that I was meeting. That was probably the best bit about it. Like we said, you move to all these cities where you don't kind of meet people like, or you don't know people and you got to meet them. But then I guess- they're all like-minded, a lot of them. So that's one of the great things about radio is if you move away, you kind of – you notice I'm deflecting. I'm just waiting for you to get to the Warney Brin story. I thought <laughs> you were building up to I it. I met her when I was out. <laughs> we're at an event and it was right in the eye of the storm of when her um, and Warney – Shane Warne met her when they were out, obviously, knew her or something, and then something happened with paparazzi and them and it was just major news. And then I met her the next week. Because if so, you Google Jabe and Ryan, it comes up. I'll give you the tip. Yeah, there's pics of you and Bryn together. Yeah. But there were, that was interesting to say the least, but she's a lovely lady, lovely girl, good dog. She's got a good dog? Yeah, Juddy. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I thought you meant she's a lovely lady, good dog. <laughs> she's no, no. And so, no, okay, she's so you hang out with her for last a week and then that's it. Well, you know, it was four months. Yeah. Four months? Yeah. It's longer than a short period of time. Yeah. Four months is decent. Yeah. What, girlfriend status? You were saying there's no. my girlfriend? 
No, but we were at an Over Entertainment Awards. This yeah, is yeah. what was funny is no one knew, like not a soul, no one. But she was major news at the time because of the shame worn thing. And but I know no you- one knew that I had anything to do with it. Right. So we're sitting at the Nova Entertainment Awards at table having dinner and she's texting me and then I think I was sitting next to Whipper and my phone lit up with her name and he's just like grabbed it. Grabs the phone. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did he answer it? No, it wasn't a call, it was oh. a text. Oh, right, right, and right. I'm on lockdown with pin codes and everything. Don't yeah. you worry about that. Yeah. So they're just it, he wanted to know more. Which I didn't tell him. And you're not really telling us either. Well, that's well, it's just, it's no different to any other relationship or people you meet or people you come across. So how did it end? How did it end? Mm. Cause it's a pretty weird lifestyle that she did. Is it as bizarre as we saw on the TV yeah, show? And it's not so much Jeff. bizarre because obviously it wasn't me, her and Jeff hanging out. Did you ever meet Jeffrey Ellison? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> is he still alive? That He's guy? He's still alive. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. 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 God, he must be looking like a corpse these days. He's not far off. Yeah. Oh man. It's weekend at Bernie's style. For he him. was looking yeah. rough even back then. No, it got what year was like- this? To th- what are we now? 2019. 2019. 17. Oh, it's only two years ago. 2017. Must be 16 then. Shit. But it wasn't that. It was It was recent. I thought like it was longer than that. It was when I was in Melbourne and I was only in two days for two and a half years. Oh, okay. So I thought it would be longer than that. Literally before that. And then, yeah, I guess sort of that sort of happened and that was a bit of fun. I've got Bluetooth on this thing. I can hook you up and we can give her a call if you want. That's definitely not yeah. <laughs> Do you still have a number? I probably do, but I'd be blocked. I'm nearly assuming. <laughs> How did it end? I guess, I don't know. She <laughs> kind of, I don't know. It was, it was me, I think. You I, ended it. I think I ended it. But- it was never full on anyway. No. It wasn't like, I don't know. Where's she these days? Is she still in Australia or has she moved on? God, <sighs> you're screaming hard. Well, I yeah, but this was all off the back of radio. You met no, her know. through the radio station. Yeah, I know. But I guess I guess it sort of just happened and did its thing. We kind of parted ways and then that was it. Sort of. I don't really know, have anything else to tell you with that one because you're just really trying to box me in here. <laughs> this is so and good. <laughs> Watching you squirm is the best. Yeah. Right? Well, this is the only button you can press. It'll make me do it. To be honest, I'm pretty open and honest for anything else. But this is sort of. I'm trying to respect her privacy as well. You know. But I know you love the reality TV show stuff, don't you? Yeah, you're it's awesome. fascinated by it. I we, love it. We went out to great. we went out to lunch in Sydney one time, and there was all the people from Love, love Island, Island, and you're yeah. like, look, Gandhi, there's people from Love Island, and I, <laughs> I hadn't even it. seen the show. You're like, oh, I just love that kind of stuff. Yeah, I just love the wow of it. I think it's awesome. I think the people are kind of crazy, half of them, but that's half the fun. I know a lot of people in radio get upset that people in reality TV get their jobs, and as a heart and soul radio person, like where I'll see anonymous get on and go, but what about the person busting their ass out at such and such? Mm. And I'm like, well, my opinion on all that stuff sort of always been, they've been cast for a reason. They've been cast because they're unique. Yeah. They can talk. They can bring things to life. I agree. A hundred percent agree. I work with Ash Pollard, who's a yeah. reality person as well. So there I, you go. Great I, example. Fitzy, Chrissy Swan. Yeah. Like they all got I, their jobs back end off that sort of, but yeah. I never get annoyed when reality people get TV, you know, no. get radio gigs because you know, there's no, there's no right or wrong pathway. And if you can get there through that way, then go for it. That's, yeah. that's amazing. I do think though, that radio is a skill that needs to be built. Yeah. So like even Fitzy coming from reality TV show, he spent seven years in Adelaide building yeah. that skill before he went to Nova in Sydney. Yeah, Swanee was up in like 
Sunshine Coast. And, exactly. Yeah. So but, it's a skill to be able to do it every yeah. single day and you only get better at it by doing it every single day. But I feel sorry for people like a, uh, like a Sam Frost who's mm-hmm. just thrown in the absolute deep end and then expected to do a killer job yeah. having never done it. Yeah, and there are people that do it well as well. So they just sort of instinctly know how to be funny or they know how to talk or sometimes with radio, I guess, the best ones are the ones that don't know as well. So there is a little bit, especially maybe more so on a three-hander, you got two people that can control it and then one batshit crazy person that you'd never really know what's going to happen and that can work, I think. So, but I get it. But yeah, I do enjoy reality TV. I've always sort of watch it. I'm... Kind of, yeah. Mate, if Big Brother comes back next year, like the rumours say, yeah. I'm thinking about having a crack. Have you ever – I know you worked for Big Brother. Did you ever apply? I never applied. I, I went in – my auntie Gemma was on the first ever season. I yeah. um, yeah. don't know if I've ever mentioned that Absolutely. before. But uh, she was on the first <laughs> ever season of Big Brother and she yeah. was the one with the lip gloss and the off-the-shoulder tops. And then a few – I was only oh, – I think I was 14 at the time. And then I think about three or so, four years later when I was old enough, I went down to an audition in Perth. But it was just – the lineup was huge. You had mm. to wait around all day and I just thought, fuck this, I can't be bothered. So that was the only time I ever kind of entertained the idea. And then when I worked with Fitzy and Whipper – Fitzy said to me, he's like, mate, you gotta go, you got to have a crack at Big Brother. And I was always one of these people like, no, nah, I want to work my way up in radio. I don't want to have that tag of reality TV show person. So I kind of kept going, nah. And he goes, look, I know the producers. I can't guarantee you'll get in, but I'll get you to top, you know, 30, 40, whatever. I can kind of get you into that. And then if you impress, you could get in. So I had a bit of a fast track, but I just never – I never did it. I never yeah. I never said, yeah, can you tee that up for me? Um, so, no, nah, I never had, I never had to a crack. one. Oh, I went you did? to one, yeah. yeah. Um, I got fast-tracked straight from the get-go, so I didn't have to do the stage one. How did you get fast-tracked? Well, you sort of just sent in. I right. sort of sent in like everyone else. I didn't get any special treatment, but I got fast-tracked through a few rounds, so you didn't have to do the whole – group games and yeah. all that sort of stuff that they do. Yeah. But then it was funny because I worked in like broadcast and then I remember the, they walked in and said, all right, cool. This is sort of a test just to see like, obviously if you're going to be in TV and you're going to be in there for three months, we need people that can talk. So this is an exercise to see if people can talk and blah, blah, blah. And they're asking all these questions and I was answering them like in a group about six people. And then, uh, yeah, no, no one from this class because going oh, through. You got booted. <laughs> I got booted. Oh, but that I, hurts. Probably, yeah, I don't know. There was just, I went for a bit of fun on that actually. Yeah. I just wanted to sort of see how it goes because maybe a season or two earlier, I was when I was working at Nova Adelaide, I did an OB outside broadcast from the auditions in yeah. Adelaide. And my best mate, Josh, was bloody a Casanova. I remember this. And we said, go do it. And he's like, nah, I'm not doing it. Like, look at the lineup, massive. And then towards the end of the day, like, the line got smaller and he goes, oh, I'll go line up. Next minute, bang, he was bloody on the show. He got into it, didn't he? Yeah, because he went in and a lot of people go in and they're gone for 10 minutes and spat back out. He was in there for like three hours and I think I got a text going, oh, don't wait. I think they're pretty keen. <laughs> and then he didn't even tell us for a while. 
But then, yeah. When I was working at Nova in Sydney, he came in to do some demos off the back of Big Brother. So Josh was the one. He kind of had the long hair, surfy kind of guy from Adelaide who anyone that might remember him. Mm. Uh, So he was pretty keen on radio. What happened to that guy? What's he doing now? Well, he works in sort of down in like, what's the area? Past Geelong near Torquay and that, but sort of in Barwon Heads. He's in a surf shop there, working there. Yeah. So he obviously in the show, which is a great way to segue Michael Beveridge into the Radio Randomly podcast. Oh, yes. Oh, the Bevo mentioned. Yeah, so never Michael, met the guy, but he's uh, he, he always gets a mention. Legit, one of yeah. my best friends on earth. The guy's so good. I speak to him pretty much every day. Yeah, and um, he, I met him because he came out of the house and got the job in Adelaide at SAFM at the time, mm. and knew no one in town. But he'd listened to stories from Josh about all of us for three months in the house. So that's right. They were both in there. Ca- they were both in there. As yeah. soon as he came out, he texted us all, going, "Hey, mates of Josh's, just moved to Adelaide. Hey, do you want to hang out?" Yeah. And then literally, I yeah, have been friends with him ever since. So. Went from there. How's yeah. he? Uh, I tend to get my uh, updates on him through the people that are on this mm-hmm. show. Yeah. Is he? He's what, kicking goals. Yeah. Yeah, which is great to hear because he was someone from radio that kept trying and kept trying and kept trying and sort of just didn't kind of work out for him for whatever reason. But he's now – he has a essentially a trade, which is like creative. Yeah. He works in the creative industry. So he's here with Koala Mattresses now and he's now the head of um, creative. He just does random stuff for him, right? Comes up with random things for their yeah, socials. Yeah, now and- he's worked his way up now to the the dog. Yeah, nice. Yeah, he's, he's doing well. I didn't know that till yesterday. I caught him last night and he's like, um, so – there's some hot off the press news of Bevo. <laughs> Where you only get it here on the Radio Randomly podcast. Anyone that listens that. will know that you get the Bevo updates. Is yeah. he going to do radio again anytime I can't soon? See Is he nah. doing that anytime soon? Is it because it's too. Uh, it's one of those, you've got to get up early. You've got to be there from six to whatever time, you know, he's, cause he is such a creative dude. His creativity from what I see on socials mm. and whatnot is it's kind of out there. It's almost a little too out there for radio, but great for socials. Is that? Yeah, that's almost the way he's a great thinker and he's a certified genius as they say. So he's yeah. super intelligent. So he kind of knows, but he's a very different cat. Like he'll go to bed at three in the morning and then get up at nine for work. Like mm. where he doesn't have the body clocks of everyone else. He doesn't sort He's just—he is definitely outside of the box, but that I guess is the attraction to him. What was their experience with Big Brother? I mean, I've worked with Fitzy and Gemma was on the first one, and uh, so they came off the back of it and absolutely loved what it did for them. Yeah, to an extent, because there would be people listening to this wondering if that's something—that's a road that they should go down. They honestly would. You would be considering that. They were one of the first groups to come out of Big Brother with Instagram, right? Oh, so that time. Yeah, yeah, they were Twitter. Yeah. They were Twitter and Instagram had just hit. Just. Yeah. So any uh, one after that was just all Instagram. But Twitter was the big one for them. And then they were just transitioning. Instagram hadn't quite locked its heels in, but it has now. And mm. it did in that time. So they kind of, yeah, it was sort of the group after them got the, the monster load, yep. which, which was the Tim Dormer, Tully sort of, sort of uh, era. But then- um. Yeah, Josh and Michael and whoever else was in there still. How do you reckon guys. it would go if it came back? I love it. It's, yeah. it's the best. It's still the best. Although I did see someone say the other day, and I wholeheartedly agree, you just really need to weed out want to be famous people. Yeah. If you can get rid of them, because they'll lie through their teeth to get in. Like yeah. I know that's happened in the past. Like they'll fully pretend and fully act just to get in the door and onto that show. And then when mm. they do, they're a little bit different. Like I've heard from producers, oh my God, like 
we got fooled. However, they need to really go like inland or I don't know. They need people that don't even have social media. I don't know how they're going to find it, but <laughs> they need they need real people. I would personally just go on it just for the experience and of all the reality TV shows, I'm, I'm not going to do the block. Like nah. I'm not building no houses. That's just not me. Yeah. I can't sing, but I can go into a house <laughs> and I can hang out and I can, you know, get along with people and even the ones I don't get along with. From what I gather from the show, they just need people that can create a good mm-hmm. story every day that they can make an episode out of. That's Absolutely. what I gather. That's, that all like that's what they need. That's why Tim the king. Uh, yes. And I used to live with Tim for yeah. those that might not know this one. And he He's another radio guy too. Great for radio guy. He started know. in radio. That's yeah. where I met him. Yeah, same. He was at Nova mm. and I was doing um national feeling across like weekend stuff when they sort of networked that first off and he was doing like feeling surgery. Yeah. Like he was doing feeling nights, I think. That's actually where I worked that out because my involvement with Big Brother, uh, the year after, they were always talking about how Tim was great because he could spend a day in the house. He could look around and go, I can see a storyline here. Yep. I'm going to push that storyline or yeah. I'm going to do something that I know is going to create a bit of friction there. And he was just like a puppeteer. He yeah. was just like, that's what they, that's what they. But he also need. revealed the secret to success to me on how to win reality TV. Yeah. And he's dead right. And he said, you don't win, probably more so a big brother, but still any can, any can work because you all do it. But I guess he said the way to win a reality TV show is to win it in the one-on-ones. So when you're sitting down with a producer and you're talking about what happened, just narrate it, mm. narrate it, narrate it, narrate it as much as you can because guess what? They're going to need to replay that footage with overlay of your voice. Mm. Cut, like you tell the story and narrate the show and therefore you're in the show a lot yeah. rather than being cut out. So he's like, that's the best way to do it. He goes, but then the year after Ryan, uh, Ryan Gins or whatever no, his name was. I'm still questioning. I want to count back on that one. Well, he won it and he was barely <laughs> ever in the show. He's like, yeah. he came from, from yeah. nowhere. So, well, I guess that was, yeah, he just sort of didn't get, I think you had to get voted out then. But they had to bring so. Tim back. Remember they brought yeah. him back so he could stir up the house. Yeah, that's when I, yeah, that's when I actually lived with him at that time. Yeah, right. So he was sort of, yeah, they were just like, come back please for the love of God. Um, and get in there. I so. saw him when he went to the Big Brother lot and I told him that I had bought the Big Brother couch from his season Yeah, and I had it at my house. And Which is true for those listening. It is true. I, I have at my house, I have the Big Brother couch from Tim Dormer's season <laughs> from inside the house that they all sat on. They couldn't get rid of this couch because yeah. it was a big custom-made 14-seater couch. It cost about seven grand and they couldn't get rid of it and they said, does anyone want this couch? And I just moved to Brisbane. So I said, yeah. I'll take the couch, bought it for 150 bucks mm. and paid for the truck to get it and I've still got it to this day. And I told Tim Dormer and he was pissed. Mm. He said, I told them I wanted to buy that house and they just uh, – yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. apparently they don't, se- uh, they don't sell it to past housemates. Uh, housemates so yeah, yeah. I've still got it if he wants it. He'll offer you anything. He saved, the, ca- he saved the cash, didn't he? Yeah, he banked half most of it. And then he's got a little camper van home now, lives in Newtown. He's all right. He's doing good. Does he get paid these days? Is he doing anything? Well, he's, he's still, still doing off some the gram stuff. But yeah. I think he uh, he started. He did a horticultural thing at TAFE and he's sort of like kicking around. I don't think the classroom was kind to him, so I think he chucked it in. I'm not too sure. Yeah, right. I never really like – I like I used to work my guts out every day and then come home and then he'd go, oh, do you uh, just want to come over the road and take a photo for a sec? <laughs> and then he'd make six times the money. Oh, <laughs> and shit. In eight seconds I was like, oh, get me. 
Bloody show. So what, he posts something and get you get paid yeah, the big bucks? Yeah, he's doing campaigns uh, for big, big things. So, God. yeah, he'd say, can you take a photo? I was just, just going to eat these Kit Kats. Yeah. <laughs> you know, next minute, bang. Do you reckon that stuff's dying down a little bit? I feel like it be. is. Yeah, a little Seems bit. Seems to be. That stuff's not around forever. No, but that's a the good thing about that for, I guess, is for advertising is it sticks around for a little bit where yeah. some things can come and go. Yeah. But um, it is um, – Depending, I guess. I think the Big Brother stuff for me now is that back then when Fitzy was talking to me about it, I hadn't worked in radio. I didn't feel like I'd worked all that long, whereas now I feel like I've worked in it a lot longer. Yeah. So it's something that I could go and have a crack at and I can always maybe come back. I don't know. It's yeah. Well, that's sort of what I've done. I'm yeah. going to throw everything I've got at what I'm doing now and sort yeah. of give real estate a red hot go. And do you know what? I do have, I guess, the safety net of – of um shall things not go the way I foresee yeah. that I can kind of get to look back and get into the industry one day. Hopefully that doesn't come from like, I wouldn't have ever rolled the dice on something and give it half a crack, but you never know. It's a locally. Would you be looking, there's three pretty yeah. decent radio stations. Yeah. Well, that was locally. always sort of the thing. The reason why I kind of left and went because of the moving thing was one thing, but if I wanted to shift from work day, I would have had to go into content if I was going to stay on air and I didn't really want to be jumping around regional cities left, right and centre. Like not that there's anything wrong with them. They're great and they were the most fun I've ever had. But again, not for my stage of my life. And just the uncertainty of those sort of I wanted to just wanted to just know that I was in control of my future. I don't know, the industry, you know, that whole sort of, like kind of feeling where you're just like, oh, it's the September sweats. Yeah. What's happening? <laughs> you know? Well, I'm out of contract at the end of this yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, we've got our ratings out on Thursday, so okay. going to wait and see what happens there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but, I'm, I'm feeling that at the moment. And you shouldn't because you've got a great show, you're doing well in the market and you put yourself out there and you should be the safest person on earth. That's the problem. That's the only problem I see with the industry. You should feel safer than anyone but yet you still have a little bit of, or oh, what well, if? Yeah, well, until I see the yeah exactly the, the numbers there. But it is uh, like but regardless been, of what the numbers say, it's if the numbers aren't there, then the numbers are full of shit because yeah. like it's pretty night and day yeah. around here. If you're in this area, I look at your head forty times on a bus a day. <laughs> <laughs> We've had great success over the last four years, yeah. and it, it it is weird to me to think that if. Because with where we are, and a lot of people that listen to this would know, I would love more surveys, honestly. I'd mm-hmm. love minimum three, but we get one. Yeah. So this is like our grand final. This is it. On Thursday, it's our big day. We find out if the whole year's been worth it. it but it's just weird to me that over four years we've had this great success and that could all disappear in one morning. Do you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. If, if, I, if, we, if it has some random survey bizarre drop or whatever maybe it's not so bizarre but if it does bad book you know with the with the um i guess the the metro ones you can bounce back within a month or two whereas this one is like every six to eight weeks and you go oh look we've had a bad one we'll just all right let's sweat it out and we'll go to the next one i might not release this podcast until i know the results from thursday so that i know i'm safe Otherwise, I'll just cut this out. So if you're listening to this right now, we smashed it on the day. Yeah. And now you get to listen to this. Otherwise, yeah. I'd be without a gig. No, that's um, that's the unfortunate thing about the gig. You shouldn't mm. be able to feel more secure in yourself to to do that. But I guess that's all of us. That's yeah. the – could be the beauty of it. 
I don't know. But that's but that's I feel like that's also any industry. If you're yeah. not selling houses, yeah, yeah, you're out. Yeah, absolutely. If I'm not getting radio ratings, I'm out. Yeah. If the sales team's not selling, they're out. Yeah. It's it's, it's a performance base. Professional sport, AFL players, you're not getting the kicks, you're, you're out. Yeah. It's, it's just the way it is. So you live and die by those results and I feel like we've done enough to 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 go well. Uh, and I hope we do, but you're right. It's one of those things that when it rolls around to September, October, November, mm-hmm. you start to think, shit, what's going to happen? Yeah, what's going to happen? And that was sort of the only insecurities that I had from that was just like, was sort of good because with Nova, you are a contracted kind of workday employee where at SCA, you're, you're an employee. So you kind of do have a bit more of a safety net on that. But if I was to move from workday. What you, do you mean by that? Because I'm well, not, I'm you're not. Only, you're only, well, you're. I'm contracted. Yeah, your breakfast. Right, so where, it's different. Where workday is just rolling. Is yeah, you're an right. employee of okay. the of the company. Yeah, so you have performance reviews, and like I remember uh, when I sat in my first one, I've done eight years of radio, and I'm like, no one ever performance reviews me. My performance reviews is every eight weeks when the numbers come out. Yeah, but now uh, now no, just just it all changed when I was an employee. But that was all right. It was good. But I guess for me, it sort of came to the end of the road, and I just felt like I was turning up, and then bang put my passions into something else. Do you look back and have any regrets? Do I have regrets? Any regrets over the time from the beginning right the way through, anything you did, anything you'd do differently? I know it's a tough question. No, it's not a tough question. I just genuinely don't think that I have regrets. I think in actual fact, I've probably been fortunate. Like if I look at some people that have done this job for a long time, they haven't had, and I'm not talking about the successes, I'm talking about the opportunities. Like I've got to do some fun things that most people didn't get to do that have been doing it a long time, like the international travel. Like that's, I feel, one of the greatest things that this has given me. Like I loved it. I loved it. When I did, I did a bunch of shows from the iTunes Festival in London. Then the- Well, I remember this time because yeah. uh, this is only recent and you and I were uh, hanging out. Oh, that was New York. Uh, sorry. No, I'm mixed up between yeah. Spain, New York or wherever the yeah. hell you went. I got whenever. It was awesome. But this is like yeah. peak stuff where, and you and I would have conversations where you're like, off the back of this, you yeah. could use it to catapult into some sort of yeah. Richard Wilkins type yeah. of- Well, he was always, those that know me very well yeah. know he is the king of all kings to me. You love it. I love Dickie Wilkins. Yeah. He's just perfect. Met him? For, yeah. And do you know what? Here's a fun one. When I was at um, Nova, because he was on air, mm. inverted commas, yeah. uh, he, uh, he with smooth, smooth I got um, one of the, I think it might have been Pete Clay that asked the, the kind of the, the dude that ran it. I said, can I chat to him? So then, then you know, so I got to sit down and chat to Dickie because I realized probably one of the five people that read his book. I, um, <laughs> I, saw, I, just, I just think what he does is exactly if you could, if I said go pick any job on the planet, I'd go and do exactly what he does. But I've always sort of wanted to master radio, dabble TV. That was always the goal. It's changed the jumpers for goalposts. They kept changing, but I guess that was always the goal. What advice did he give you when you chatted to him? Not much really. That was sort of, Uh, (laughs) well, sort of, he's from a different era. Yeah. Yeah. He sort of um I didn't even pick up on it. I was like, no. yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's from a different era. He yeah. so they don't have the tools that we have when he was going. He's established now and probably doesn't even care. Like he's so safe. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's just he's ingrained in Australian entertainment. So the way he came through is completely different to the way that we can do it now. I'm sure there's 
sort of parallels where he sort of came through MTV and all of that. But however, MTV was on something like Channel 9 or Channel 10 back then. It wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't pay TV. It was, it was MTV. So I guess there's like those sort of the TV legs like him. And this is – you might not know this. This is true. He done the pieces to camera at the Dapto, I think, Dapto Dogs. So he started at the Greyhounds. Right. Introing the races while Peter Overton from Channel 9 News was the voiceover ah. guy. Like that's how far back these guys have been doing it. Yep. So you can draw inspiration from those guys by saying, all right, start at the bottom, work your way up. And that's probably been probably the best way. And that's what we sort of did. Well, that's definitely you started in super regional Oz. I started in Darwin apart from my street team of days here on the Central Coast at CFM. But that I, I was I was eighteen at the time, and I was just happy someone was going to pay me yeah. to do radio yeah. rather than me go to afters and pay somewhere else. And I think that is a good thing to do, by the way. It's go the to best. Afters. But I also think you know if you can get a job somewhere where they're going to pay you, even if it's forty grand a mm-hmm. year, they're paying you to do it to learn. So that's why I ju- I my first job was in Esperance. I took it not even knowing where the fuck it was. Yeah. They called me. They said you want a job in Esperance. I said yes. Yeah. And I went to the map and I was like, where the fuck is Esperance? I went, oh geez, yeah. it's down there. Someone best said to me, Darwin. two years of my life. Yeah, the best. Someone when I said Darwin. There used to be in the um in the where the techs are at, at CFM. There used to be a giant. Um, map of the country mm. and I said oh Darwin is that up near Perth <laughs> oh hey, everyone knows where Darwin is how do you not know where I Darwin just thought Perth was? was a bit higher that's oh, right. what I mean by that is I just had no idea of what this country was throwing at me yeah. I sort of just didn't, didn't know where anything was and I guess when I got that opportunity it was that or Lismore at the time mm. um and I sort of chose that one and I went there sight unseen on a plane packed my bags left my everything and then went and that was sort of probably the best. I wouldn't easily say it was like a good turning point in my life because not only did I roll the dice and sort of completely leapt outside of my comfort zone, went there on a fake resume. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, the, this is the great thing. Everything's so new and raw and exciting yeah. and you, it, you, oh, know, man. you don't know all the moves and the, and the getting fired and nah. the missing opportunities that you're so close. You don't nah. know any of this stuff when you, you first know. get into it. And do you know what the most weirdest things, and I don't know this is like some sort of sign or whatever, but one thing that I'll always remember is I went to Darwin for my first day, got off the plane, didn't know a damn soul, couldn't even point which way the city was, never been there, never, all I knew it was hot. And I actually thought it was like the red dirt roads that you might see in the movies or whatever. Mm. It was obviously a city with <laughs> drainage, yeah. bitumen roads, yeah. hotels, yeah. bars. I wasn't <laughs> like the outback, which I thought I was going to. But however, I uh, got off that plane, went to the hotel and it was really weird. So before radio, I was in bands and I was like, had my own band. I was also working for bands and like big Australian bands. And um, it was really strange. I walked out of my hotel. I was like, I've, completely screwed this up or what am I doing? I don't even know where I am. I just felt so away from everyone when I knew how far I was away from everyone. And then out of a pub, one of my mates bands come blasting over like channel V at the time. And it was just weird. It was like, I don't know. It sounds really odd, doesn't it? But it was like, I kind of came out, felt so alone. And then all of a sudden my friend's band was just like humming out of the, speakers and what it just felt like it was it meant felt, to be it was, yeah it was just felt uh it was just a little felt like it was a little bit of like a um 
it's all right. Like you're not that far yeah. from home. Yeah. Like it's all right. And then it all kicked it off. And then there. I just sort of, yeah, then I went and had a beer at the pub by myself like a real loser. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so that's sort of what happened. Yeah. But like the best thing is to anyone, I'd still like if I was starting again and if you said, do you have any regrets? I probably don't have regrets, but nor would I probably change anything either. Like the regional stuff is still the best. Like, have you done some crazy OBs? Because I have in my time. I remember Northern Territory, I did an OB from a fireworks wholesaler on Territory Day. Yeah. Like who stands there with boxes of fireworks <laughs> doing an OB yeah. for the one day that they're legal? They're not yeah. like the day before or after, highly illegal, but day of, come and get your fireworks and just blow them up. Yeah, good. Like, isn't it bizarre? And then after that, they give you a, a big backpack full of like fireworks because they'll look after you. Yeah. And then off I went for Territory Day. It was awesome. How good is that? Yeah. It's it's one of those things where, you know, you've just got to throw yourself into it and for anyone that that wants to get into it and loves it, they just, just take the first opportunity you can get, suck it up, go yeah. and just fully embrace it. And even if you're over it after two years and then you want to move on, but you just got to take that that leap. And then, and, but you do get to do for all the times that you're homesick or mm-hmm. you feel like you haven't made the right decision, you're going to get to do a bunch of great stuff, but it's all like you just said there, yeah. it's all how much you, what I've done wherever I've been, whether it was Esperance or um, the shit kicker jobs I've done at bigger stations as I worked my way up is you just throw everything behind it and you just go, this is this is what I'm going to have a solid crack at here. The more remote you go, yeah. the more people are exactly the same as you, like yeah. the work with you yeah. because they're all left their families. Very rare they'll be hiring locally in one of those markets. That yeah. does happen. But, you know, most of them are kind of flying. Yeah. <laughs> and that's sort of what we were in Darwin and everyone was the same. You don't really get paid a great deal. So, no, it was too much to come home, especially like from Darwin to there. It's like a thousand bucks nearly. Yeah. So, we all had like the orphan's Christmas where like everyone went around to a mate's house and like you do all that. But like, awesome. Yeah. Like it was so good. And then, yeah, from there I went to Geelong and then you get to do like, which was weird is cause you're like mad for AFL. I knew nothing about it. Like zero, like really zero. You're into it these days though. They, yeah, they suck you in. Yeah. So what happened was I'd knew zero about AFL. I moved to Geelong the year they won the flag. So I got nothing to how great can this sport physically be yeah. in 10 months yeah. like from the time it started till the flag. And then I left not far after that, but then I moved to Adelaide, then liked the sport and then loved Adelaide. It's still the greatest place I've lived out of all. And then I fell in love with the city and that's when I picked my team. And now I'm like wholeheartedly crows. Um, but I'm surprised yeah. you're not a Cats fan given that you were there for the premiership. Yeah, the I crows. was a Cats fan when I got there, but then because I'd, no, I just, I don't I hadn't been there long. Like I was only really there under a year. Yeah. And I just, when I got to Adelaide, it was like, I felt like, yeah, I hadn't lived there before. I'd only been there a few times with my band when before radio, mm. but like it was sort of, yeah, I don't know. I fell in love with Adelaide as a city and a home and I stayed there like, yeah. You don't, you've done the typical climb, right? So yeah. you've gone to Darwin, you've gone to Geelong. Went street team yeah. to, to, to learn the panel yeah. to weekends. Yeah, but you've CFM. done that. You've done exactly yeah, like, everything yeah. you need to do to yeah. work yourself to a certain uh, point. Yeah. And here's what I want to ask just to finish off yeah, the podcast. Sure. 
you put all of your years of your life into that. Mm-hmm. You make the move to Darwin. You go to Geelong. You go to Adelaide. You get a big opportunity. Sydney. In Sydney. Then down to Melbourne. Then Melbourne. Back to Sydney. I did that same move. I yeah. did Melbourne to Sydney to Melbourne, then back to Sydney. Yeah. Uh, and then you're at Today FM, uh, even though you lost your job in Melbourne, you're a bit sort yeah. of jaded by that. Uh, you end up at Today FM uh, in Sydney and you're thinking – You've worked all those years to get to a station like Today FM in Sydney and then you're there for less than two years. <laughs> and then you do you feel – is there any part of you that feels you've thrown those years away? No, because the memories are solid. Right. However, one thing that I think people need to understand, and this is what you'll experience one day, is radio is amazing. It gives us all a great career. However, it is a bubble. And when you're in it mm. – it's just so consuming and it's all you think about. It's all you do, which is great. It, some people, it can almost be unhealthy. I just see it as, I see it as a job though. I, yeah, I, hear people well, say I think that's rare though. I would honestly say a lot of people just think about it, do it, mm. live and die by it. Like it's all they'll ever do. It's all great. It's not until you step outside and look in. Well, for me anyway, I was just ingrained in it. Like it's all I thought about. It's all I did. Maybe, maybe I was the unhealthy one. I don't know. But I was just like, you care about it so much that when either something like you get let go from Nova or mm. you, you kind of don't enjoy it anymore. You're like, what's going on? Like, I don't, you know, you kind of it worried me too much, but I guess, yeah, I know it does. And everything you're saying is definitely conversations I had with myself on the hour and 15 commute each way. You must have, you must have had, <laughs> and when you're thinking about leaving, you must sit there and go, I've worked my ass off to mm-hmm. get here. This is 10 years. This is a decade in the making. And now I'm about to walk away. Yeah. So the way it kind of all happened was I took two weeks holidays and I was like, I'm going to have holidays and see if I miss it. And I was 10 days into two weeks off and the thought of going back was pretty. Overwhelming. (laughs) Yeah. I was just like, I just don't want to go back. Like, I don't, what am I going to do? I don't like, and you kind of, I started to have, I've never had this. This is God's honest truth. I never had it in 10 years. Sunday nights. Oh, I work tomorrow. Like I start, why am I feeling like this? I shouldn't be feeling like this. Something's got to give, something's got to change. The radio industry ain't going anywhere. So therefore let's go and do something like this. Look after yourself first and foremost. Like no one wants to be turning up somewhere they don't want to be, nor does someone want to have someone that's turning up like that. And I guess from like more of a, like a mental health sort of part of town is that's just sort of, yeah, I felt that my state was more important than all of that. And I needed to make a change to become happy again. I think it is fair to say a lot of people do put that before their own uh, well-being. I guess sometimes, you know, you put yourself in that pressure situation where you want it to be so good and you put, you lump all this pressure onto yourself that you forget that you need to put yourself first sometimes. Yeah. And you obviously came to that point. So. I got to that yeah. point and just pulling the trigger on it was so full on, like mm. it was to actually do it. And it wasn't even so much when I made the decision and did it. It was the day probably when you just know you're finishing the next day or something. Yeah. Like at the time it still kind of just happens and it's just like whatever. But until you're actually gone or the day that I walked in, like I wore jeans and a hoodie every day to Today FM. Yeah. And then next minute I'm in a bloody suit with shoes and belt and all yeah. this other gear on and I'm in clothes that I'm not used to wearing and I'm in a small office with a little sink and a fridge and yeah. I used to have three levels with lifts and bloody freebies and parties and DJs and 
artists walking through and like it does have such an amazing vibe in those offices but regardless you it becomes normal yeah. like no matter what you're doing and i guess for me at the end of the day it was just to try and be happy and you know what if i also wanted to step away to see if i miss it if i miss it well guess what i'm going straight back but i don't think i will at this stage oh that's a big call Man. I'll be interested in it, but I don't like the idea. But again, like just to kind of cement it is that I want to have a healthy life as far as like financial stability. I want to stay in the one spot. I want to like kind of do my own thing. I don't feel like radio can do that for me without moving every two months or bloody, you know, exaggeration. But like I maybe could have skewed into a like – producing and stuff like that's probably the only other way that I'd probably do it again. Like I don't really want to, like the idea of doing a breakfast show excites the hell out of me. Well, you and I did a demo when yeah. Brie left. Yeah. Um, and like if I, if it had that job come up, I maybe go hundred percent. I'd fully have. Or do you think you still would have lost the love? Not for that. Not for that because I would have got reshifted and I would have sort of like, right. I definitely lost the love for work day. I just, yeah. I, like the idea of doing it isn't It is fun. tough. Six hours or whatever of playing yeah, the same Short tunes. breaks. Yeah, all that stuff. Like yeah. four times an hour, you're talking for two and a half minutes in out of every 60. Yeah. It's just, I just felt, and you're in the studio by yourself. I just, I don't know. When I sit, when I, I think maybe having the taste of working with teams or working on shows that, especially like you said, I did like Anchored Brecky for a while on two day, just, having those conversations and being a part of creating something or, oh, Cavalry, what about this? Did you see this on telly last night? It could actually work as something funny. Oh, let me look at it. Oh, that does. And then he just brings it to life and makes it awesome. Like that sort of creativity is what I was super passionate about and I couldn't do any of it. Yes, you can be super creative in your workday shift, but it's not the creativity that I like to make. Like, oh, that was an awesome in or out of a caller to yeah. setting 10 buttons off at once. And no, just that's not the jock who I like that excites me. And how many years do you think it is before you become one of those grumpy old people on the radio green room going, oh, there's Jay been here yeah. and I was working in radio. Yeah. How long till I'm anonymous? <laughs> Give it by the end of the year. Well, mate, I don't just say this because we are great yeah. mates, but uh, it is radio's loss, honestly. You're one of the great announcers and not Thank just you. announcers, but also your time spent in the breakfast show. And I feel like given long enough yeah. uh, and the right opportunity, you would have slotted straight into somewhere and, yeah. and absolutely killed it. Well, so. I love it. And to everyone that I've sort of met, like you move into these cities and you make mm. another 20 great mates. So like I still have group chats. I still have buddy – I chat to everyone out of every city I've ever been in. And the people that you meet – so awesome and they'll be friends for life and they're the ones that still get in contact with me now like you will notice the ones that drop off as soon as you're gone did you have anyone hit you up and go you sure you want to leave we've got this potentially down the track anything like that i did get offered to sort of is there anything we can do can we push you into a different direction is there something you want to do and i said to be honest i think i just want to be out of the industry because i don't know maybe i'm too attached to it i just need to step away get right, and then see what happens after that. The gut knows, man. You just got to follow, follow that intuition and yep, away you go. It does, but it has been great. It's been awesome and I sort of like don't really, yeah, I had no regrets, which is good and that's sort of the way it is. The only other sort of, I guess, the other piece of advice that I got along the way which sort of set me up, which is sort of important, when I left K-Rock, Lee Coleman was my PD, still is at Triple M Sydney now, but he goes to me, mate, go to, this is, this is the transition from regional to metro. He goes, Mate, no worries. Enjoy. You're going to be good. You'll be great. But just remember, you'll always get fired. Don't take it personally. 
And like from radio or from yeah. right? Do you okay. know how many good people yeah. have been fired four yeah, times? Yeah, so just to anyone else, because I probably took a bit harder than I should have. Yeah. My advice would be to not, and to reassess it and just realize that it's just that one thing. It's part where, of it. Yeah, you it's need part to put of it, it aside. And when move I, on. When I listened to that, and I was like, mm. "Wow, it's sort of like, yeah, it didn't." I always knew that joke, and I'd see people knocked off left, right and centre. Yeah. And then when it came time for my go, I sort of probably hit it me a bit harder than it should have. However, that advice is pretty – like just think it's probably going to happen to you one day and there's another job waiting for you. So don't stress as much as I did for the love of God. I think that's <laughs> uh, solid advice to end on, man. Yeah. Uh, all the best with the real estate stuff. Yep. And uh, the day I get fired, I'll be coming to you going, mate, Sell me house. I, I need a mate. <laughs> Sell my house. <laughs> Sell my house because I'm about to be poor. What do you reckon I can get this for? <laughs> well, you would sell my house, wouldn't you? You're, we yeah. fall into your market. Yeah, 100%. Oh, get brilliant. And if All not, right. if you're around the country, I can refer you to someone else. All right. I'll be uh, – oh, getting a little plug in there for the real Absolutely. estate Absolutely. If anyone wants to buy an investment on the, the Central Coast, I can also look after you. It's a well. great place to buy. Jabin, love you, mate. Well done. Thank you. You didn't say love you back, but anyway. Uh, maybe. Uh, love you. Okay. <laughs> Did you ever say to Edel, Bryn Edelston? Or? This is going to – This is. <laughs> you better turn it off quick before I have evidence of assault. <laughs> See you, mate. The Radio Randomly Podcast. Hosted by Gondi, chatting randomly to radio people about radio.